as we see here, um, we're going, you know, there's a there's an old phrase that I, I've heard that said that character matters. In other words, character is that which makes up a person from the, on the inside. So remember that character matters. That which makes up a person on the inside. Today we're going to be looking at uh, the things uh, Jesus is going to be sharing a parable and explaining to them, his disciples, uh, in private, um, those things which um, he wants them to understand in regards to what makes a person clean and what makes a person unclean, not clean. Uh, so they can have an understanding of those things, that which um, he really wants them to know, because this is really at the heart of the matter of what um, life is about and what um, and where things come from, um, as far as our character and as far as um, who we are as God's people. Our scripture passage here this morning is... Um, in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 7, verses 14 through 23. Please read along with me as I read. And he called the crowd to him again. He began saying to them, Listen to me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside the man which can defile, defile him if he, get, goes into, if he goes into him. But the things which proceed out of the man would, would are defile but defile the man. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. When he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples questioned him about the parable. And he said to them, Are you so lacking in understanding also? Do you not understand that whatever goes into the man from outside cannot defile him, because it does not go into his heart, but into his stomach, and is eliminated? Thus he declared all foods clean. When he was saying, that which proceeds out of the man, that is what defiles the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed the evil thoughts, fornications, thefts, murders, adulter adulteries, deeds of coveting and wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All of these things proceed from within and defile the man. And may God add the blessing to the reading of his word. Amen. So we're going to be looking at three specific points. Number one, listen and understand. Number two, ears to hear. And thirdly, pro proceeds out of the mouth. Our first, our first point, listen and understand. Uh, chapter, verse 14. And he called the crowd to him again. He began saying to them, listen to me, all of you, and understand. So... We're seeing here that the crowd is always, with Jesus, the crowd is not always that far away, are they? It seems like, especially in, in the Gospel of Mark. It seems like the crowd is always somewhere nearby, somewhere close by, close uh, to where Jesus is. Uh, maybe not in proximity, but maybe they're around. So we see here, that he calls the crowd to him again. So we see, we've seen many circumstances and situations where Jesus addresses the people 
not only individually, but in a crowd setting, because there's in a situation where he wants them to understand specific um, points and specific messages that he wants them to understand and receive and accept in him. So here it is again, is that Jesus is calling the crowd to him again because he got a specific message in mind. Now this message is, as we're going to find out, is in relation to what we just had uh, talked about and seen last week. Um, and so we're going to see here um, that Jesus wants people to understand things. He wants people to know things. He wants them not just to have a knowledge of something, but an understanding of what he is trying to say to them. An understanding, you can have knowledge all you want, but the reality is, is that we need to have an understanding of what we are hearing and what we are listening to. So, um, and he said, and he began saying to them, so he calls the crowd, and then he begins to speak to them those things which he wants them to hear. So, and when Jesus speaks, um, there used to be an old um, saying, uh, this was years ago, I'm dating myself, and so when E.F. Hutton speaks, people listen. It was an old commercial for a financial firm. Um, and when Jesus speaks, people listen right so and the, and so he's speaking to the crowd he calls him again because he got some more valuable more um, information more teaching that he wants them to know and so he's calling them again and he's speaking to them the things that he wants them to hear and then he begins to say to them so he calls them and he begins to say to them this is really 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 important these three words, listen to me. How many times have we heard that word? I say that to my kids. We, say, we probably said it, um, if we've had kids ourselves, we say, listen to me. Or to others, if we're in a job and we have a supervisor and the supervisor says, listen to me. Or if we're a supervisor and we say, to those who are underneath us, listen to me, I have some things I need to tell you. And so it's important because it's important enough, you can hear what somebody has to say, but it's a difference in listening to what they're saying. You can hear words, but you have to listen to the words. In other words, giving your attention, giving your full attention to what is being said. Because what is being said has words, and what is words is the words of Jesus, which matter, which have weight, which means something. There's a lot of stuff out there that people tell you to listen to, but really doesn't matter, and really doesn't really amount to a whole lot, it doesn't amount to a hill of beans. But what Jesus says amounts to, amounts to a lot and amounts to not just a hill of beans, but a mountain. Because it has significance, it has value, not just for now in the moment, but for now and for all eternity. Because Jesus was always at the point where he wanted 
his people. He wanted the people to hear what he had to say because he knew that what he said was was matters, but also he knew that what he said was going to give the people life. And so he wants the people to hear and he wants the people to listen. Hear what I'm saying. Hear what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying. Because sometimes when we don't listen, we don't hear. We hear words, but we don't hear, really hear what's going on. All of you, not just some of you, so he's not just talking about those who already know. He includes the disciples, and that includes the crowd and everyone else. It says all of you. So some people like, some of us like to think that we're the exception, that we don't need to hear. We don't need to hear what's being said. We don't need to listen to what's being said because we already know. Sometimes my son says, I know, Dad, I know, I know, I know, I know. But sometimes we need to hear things again, and we need to hear what Jesus has to say, because he, what he has to say is of value. And it's not just for me, it's not just for you, but it's for all of us. What Jesus is saying has value, and we need to listen to it. And he says, and understand. Now this is important. Um, it's understand, and it's this is. I want to read this definition of, of understanding. It's to wisely discriminate and evaluate, to comprehend, to gain insight, and and the result of putting things together, to gain insight into what he's saying. Understand that I'm giving you information. Understand that I'm giving you things, and so that you can put things together and see how they go together and put two, two, and two, two and two together and you get four. So you can understand what's happening here. You can understand what's going on here. So it, ha it means to have a mental grasp of things the, by weighing and reasoning the matter in an appropriate manner. Does God tell us not to use our minds? No, absolutely. He tells us to use our minds. And so understanding sometimes comes with our, not only with our minds, with our hearts. But we need to understand things. Putting things together, deductive reasoning. Um, understanding how things work. And Jesus wants us to understand. So he commands us. So there's a, he says, listen and do what? Understand. Listen to this as well. It says, uh, knowledge that is inductive and logical perceptive with the mind you perceive with the mind you perceive and you understand and you get that you get that what that aha moment aha i get it you can hear things and but, but then you, when you understand things it makes sense doesn't it when you're trying to figure out um, a math problem my kids are doing math then they when they do the math problem and they try and figure it out, and then they and then they get the concept of the math problem. They're going, oh, they understand it. Aha, that's how it is, and that's how Jesus wants it with us. Is that He wants us to understand what He's saying? Like, okay, I get that. Because once we understand things, then it makes sense, doesn't it? So listening and what? Understanding. Then let's go on here. And it says, um, I go on to our second point. 
ears to hear, verses 15 and 16. So we see here, it says, um, that there's nothing outside the man which can defile him if he goes into him, but the things which proceed out of the man with our, would defile him. It's What he's talking about here is he's talking about moral and ceremonial uncleanness or being, um, you can on the outside, it's not what's on the outside of a man which defiles him, but what goes into him. In other words, um, the things on the outside, the things on the outside are what, folks? The things on the outside are for show, aren't they? You can see them. They're visible. They're real. Everybody can see them. We can see them. They're tangible. They're, they're things that are there that we can feel. And we like those things, don't we? And whereas the things on the inside, remember I was talking about character and character counts? Well, it's those things on the inside that develop character, that show the character of a person, who the person is. The things on the outside don't necessarily show who the person is. They show what they can do. But the things on the inside are the things which show the character of a person. So we look at, so we look at two specific points here. It says we look at the moral and the ceremonial. If we looked at our passage last week, we're looking at the religious leaders. And what were the religious leaders doing? Religious leaders were followers of what? Tradition. They were followers of ritual. They were followers of things on the outside, weren't they? As we looked at that passage. They did things on the outside. There was, they did this, they did this, they had these things, they had these things, they had these things, they had these things that could be seen. Tradition that could be seen. Rituals that could be seen. Ways of doing things that could be seen that were on the outside. So it was a religion based on what was on the inside. It was a religion that was based on what you could see by all the activities that they did, by the traditions that they had set up, by the rituals, by the laws that they had set up of their own making. Okay? So, but what Jesus was saying here in this passage was that it's the, he was also saying that the things that are on the inside are which defile a man. In other words, those things that proceed out of the heart. I'm not talking about the physical heart, but I'm talking about the spiritual heart, the heart of man, the soul of man, those things which, those things which make up the person and who they are and their character. Those things that make up the person as an individual. Those are the things that proceed out of it, the character of a person that proceeds out that make up what a person is. And what that's what defiles a man, in other words, a person, is that they, those things which makes them unclean or clean. So, and we need to keep that distinction in mind because the religious leaders were all about what? About things done on the outside. Because it's comfortable, it's noticeable, and it gives you a sense of what pride. Look at me. 
Look at how I'm keeping all my rituals. I'm keeping my all my things. I'm keeping all these things I'm doing and these traditions and these everything. And so I'm a good person for doing that. Does God look at that? Do we need order? Yes, we do. Do we need things set up? Yes, we do. Because um, uh, order is from God. But at the same time, it's not the outside things that really matter. But it's the issues of the things that are in the heart of a person that really matter. And that's what we need to be concerned about. In, in the world, they, they're looking at what? They're looking at all the things on the outside. Look at all the things I've done. Look at all the things I've accomplished. Look at all the things so that people can see that. But that's not really the person. That's not really what's going on. That's not the, that's not the individual. The things that are done on the outside. The things that are done on the outside. Well, who the person really is, is what, as we're going to find out, is that which proceeds out of the heart of the person. From the inside. That character of the person. Who the person is. Who the, what the person says and what the person, um, uh, how the person expresses himself, those things which come out of the mouth. From the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's in Proverbs. In other words, whatever's in the heart is going to come out of the mouth. So as we're going to see in our next section here, that it's not the ritual it's not the things done in the outside that makes a person, but it's the things that proceed out from the inside to make the person, and that make the person um, undefiled if there things are coming out that are not which God would like. But let's go on here. Let's go on our, our, on our third point. It says, those things proceed out of the mouth, um, verses 17 through 23. When he left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples questioned him about the parable. So the disciples still didn't get it. The disciples still didn't understand. They still didn't, they didn't, because the disciples didn't understand. Remember what Jesus was saying? Remember Jesus said, listen, and what? Understand. Hear what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying. Listen. And understand what I'm saying. And apparently the disciples didn't listen or they didn't understand. So they asked for clarification from Jesus because they wanted to learn. At least they came back and they wanted to learn and get an understanding of what he was saying. And this is going to be really important. And it says here, and he said to them, are you so lacking in understanding also? Like the religious leaders. Religious leaders didn't want to hear what Jesus had to say. They didn't want to hear and understand what was going on. They didn't want to hear it. Are you lacking in understanding? When you don't want to receive something from Jesus, and he's, when he's talking and he's saying stuff, and he's trying to give us understanding, and he's calling us to listen and understand, and we're still not receiving it, disciples, the religious leaders were doing that. And were the disciples doing that? He says, are you still, are you also lacking in understanding? Like, uh, like also, meaning like, with, like the other religious leaders were? And he says here, it says, but because, so it says, do you not understand that whatever goes into the man from the outside cannot defile him? In other words, defile means to make him unclean, to make him dirty, to make him, uh, you know, not a, 
not a good not a good uh, thing. It's not a good thing. So it's not what it's not the things like on the outside. In other words, the rituals and the things that make a person that defile that person or make that person unclean. But what makes that person unclean? Because it does not go. It says. Do you not know, understand that whatever goes into the man from the outside cannot defile him? In other words, those religious things on the outside are not what defile the person. Verse 19, because it does not go into his heart, right? So, in other words, but into his stomach and is eliminated. Thus he declared all foods clean. So what he was saying was, is that it's not food, when you eat food, it doesn't go into, it doesn't go to your heart, does it? and your spiritual heart. But where it goes to is what? Into your stomach, and then, of course, goes to your digestive system and is eliminated. Right? So, uh, um, that, and what he was saying here, and this was an interpretation from the early church, is that um, he was declaring all foods clean. In other words, the foods, because um, you know how the Jewish had uh, certain restrictions on certain foods. And thus, that's, um, many believe that's what he was saying. But what he was saying was he was making, he was making the point that um, it's, the, it's not necessarily the food. Those, in other words, that which comes in from the outside, that which comes in, you know, well, this food's unclean and this food's unclean. This point was he, was, he was using it to make a point and saying that it's not the things that come from the outside, not the, not the food. The food's not the problem. The food's not the issue. The food's not, it's not being unclean. Is the, it, the food being unclean is the issue. But it's the heart of the person that's being, uh, that's the issue. And it says, and he was saying, that which proceeds out of the man, that is what defiles the man. In verse 20. In other words, that which comes out of the person. Remember the saying I said, from the fullness of the mouth, the from the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks. Right? The, from the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever in a person, it's going to come out. I, rem I remember, um, and, I, and I, I, used to, I used to say this, because um, I, I, I've worked with older folks. Um, I worked for older folks for a while there when I was earlier in my career as a social worker. And I work with uh, folks that had um, Alzheimer's and um, various things going on. And sometimes I, I remember going into homes and situations where these, these people who were formerly just kind, gentle people, kind, um, gracious people, and they would, and when I go into their homes, they would be saying really mean, really vulgar, really angry words that would come out of their mouth. And this, and this is as they were working through, and they didn't even, I don't even know if they understood or they realized what was being said. And then I would go into other homes, whereas folks would be dealing with um, sicknesses and dealing with Alzheimer's where some folks were would be quoting would be saying all they could remember would be like scripture verses that they had memorized and they were very kind gracious people I remember that vividly in my heart 
because I showed the difference of what was in somebody's heart. Somebody's heart, you could, what's really going to come, come out of your heart is going to come out. Like you're angry. Is there vulgar vulgarities in our hearts? Or is there kindness and love and graciousness in our hearts? And I think that's what Jesus is talking about here. And that's something that we need to examine for ourselves of our own hearts. But look at some of the things that he was saying. Verses 21 through 23. And this is, I think, the crux of what's being said here. For from within, out of the heart of men. Okay, so from within. In other words, talking about the heart. From the heart of men. In other words, the heart of, when they say men, not just males, but men in generic meaning men and women. And um, come out of men, proceed. So this is what comes out. This is what's inside of our, all of our hearts. This is what happens. Proceed evil thoughts. Now when you think of, when I think of evil thoughts, the heart, um, it's the heart of the matter, the, the moral and spiritual consciousness. In other words, evil thoughts. How many of us have had evil thoughts towards someone else? I have too. We all have. We all have. I mean, we're all human. But that's ultimately the crux of the matter. Because that's where it all starts, right? The evil thoughts. Evil thoughts. And this is so, um, and this is, when we think about that, it says when we think about the evil, we think about it's that thing, that which is, you're just not, and the evil thoughts is, is that when I look up this word, the real definition is, is that you're just not happy with doing evil for yourself, but you're happy when you get others to do evil as well. Do you understand the difference? In other words, you're just not, the evil thoughts, the idea of this word evil comes from you just don't do evil yourself, but you want to get others to do evil along with you as well. And know what that describes? Know, and know who that is a description of? Satan. Isn't that pretty powerful? Sometimes when we have those evil thoughts of who? Of others? Those things which, those uh, things that we think about, that's the crux in the bottom of the matter, is the thoughts that are in our hearts. Because Jesus says, and I think it was in Matthew, if you think about doing something in your heart towards someone else, as, as, it, it's, as if you already had committed it. In other words, because the thought is there, so the only thing that was lacking there was the intent, I mean, was the action itself. So if you committed it, if you thought about it and you contemplated it, it's like you actually did it in the mind of God. But let's look at some of these, let's look at some of these, um, these words here. It says um, that we see the evil thoughts. Fornications, we know what that is. It's, fornications are um, uh, illicit 
um, sexuality, um, those things that we know that are not right, that we know that are not uh, from a sexual perspective, from a perverse perspective. We have those perverse, evil uh, thoughts of doing things that we know we shouldn't do towards what? Towards others. Fornications. We see here as well is that um, thefts, we know what theft is, stealing th those things which are not, um, which are not ours, which are not those things which we would have. That's um, theft taking something that doesn't belong to us. So it's not the actual, it's not the actual taking of it, but it's the thought of taking it. And you want to take this and you want to do that. And then it goes on here and it says, it says that um, for Seth murders. Remember I talked about Jesus says you even think about the thought of trying to take someone else's life in your heart. It says if you already did it. So those murders come from our heart. These are pretty heavy things, aren't they? The evil thoughts, the fornications, the thefts, the murders, the adulteries, having um, adultery with someone who is not your spouse. Having it, so all these things proceed from where? From the heart. Those things which go deep down inside our hearts. How many of us have been adulterous with God? In other words, God, call, God is our, in our relationship. He's our father. And we've, in the Old Testament, um, Jesus calls us, called the Israel adulterers because they had turned away from him to other gods, to others that were other lovers that wasn't, that were, that wasn't him. And it goes on here and it says, um, for murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting. Coveting is an unusual word. People don't normally hear that. That's one of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not covet. And coveting means wanting something that is not yours. Someone else has, and you want what they have, but you can't have it. Right? How many of us have done that? Wanting something that's not yours. In other words, you're saying that what God is lacking like what God has provided for you is not enough, so you want something else that someone else has. Like you covet their, someone else has a bigger house than you, so you covet their house. Someone has a nicer car than you, so you covet their car. You see where I'm going with that? It all proceeds out of the heart. Wickedness, in other words, we think of the, like, when you think of like a wicked person, you think of, I, I think of like a wicked person, a person who just does evil, who just does wicked, that does, does foul, mean things. That just, whatever the worst kind of thing that you can think of, that's that person does. When I think of wickedness. But where does it start? It starts where, from where? In the heart. And it goes on here. Um, deceit. What's deceit? Deceit is lying. It's not telling the truth. 
We've all done that too as well. We all have tried to finagle our way out of a situation that was kind of awkward or kind of doing that we shouldn't have done what we should have done and being deceitful or being deceitful towards others or being deceitful towards one another, right? We've all done it. We're not perfect. Billy Graham lied. I'm sure he did. I'm sure the Apostle Paul did. I'm sure all the saints did. But the reality is it comes from where? It comes from the heart. Sensuality. Being overly sensual, like flirting with someone else, maybe that's not yours. And flaunting yourself. Or having thoughts of flaunting yourself in an unhealthy way. Proceeds out of the heart. Envy. And what's envy? It's the evil eye. You're envious of someone else. You're envious because they have what you don't. Or they are what you're not. And so you have evil thoughts towards that person. Or you're envious of that person. And you want to harm that person as a result of the evil eye or because of envy. Slander. Now slander is, I'm going to read you this, a form of, slander is a form of murder. Listen to this. Form of murder, uh, assassin, murder, assassination of character. How many of us have slandered someone else? Maybe in our hearts. It's a form of murder, character, assassination. In other words, you try to assassinate their character and who they are as people. Right? You try and assassinate them and their character and who they are as people. People are people. People are who they are. They're not, everyone's not alike. Everyone has a different personality. Everyone has a different and who they are. And that's the way God made us. And some are different than us, and some are not like us. But that character assassination, when we slander or when we gossip, and we say things that are cut a person and who they are as their character down, then we're slandering them. And those things proceed out of the heart. And God doesn't, God doesn't like that. That's a part of one of the evils in the heart. But let's go on here. Um, and it says, slander, pride. Listen to what pride is. One of the seven deadly sins. It blocks spiritual growth, prevents penance. Penance it means is that there's a genuine sorrow for what you have done. Pride says, pride says, no, I don't need to change. Stiff need. In other words, it prevents you from getting on your knees before God and showing genuine sorrow. Pride says, I don't need to. Pride was what got Satan kicked out of heaven. Because I'm going to rise up and be greater than you, God. And I don't have any sorrow for it at all. Pride says, I don't need to show sorrow. I don't need to show repentance. I don't need to show penitence. I don't need to. And I'm not going to. And that's... And it, and it haunts and it stops spiritual growth because it stops 
God allowing you, to, allowing him to work in your heart in order to get at what he needs to get at so you can become closer with him. And then go on here and it says, foolishness. Foolish, folly, recklessness. Perverse confusion of values. In other words, foolishness means you have values and there's, but there's a perverse there's a perverse confusion of that. In other words, the values, and we live in a society where that's all just flaunted. There's a perverse confusion of values. What wrong is right and right is wrong. And that's what foolishness is. And it goes on here and it says, um, uh, a choice for lesser goods, reckless unconcern for the spiritual. Persistence in shopping for shoddy stuff. Think about that. Being foolish is that you're persistent in getting something for less, getting something lesser than what is the best. And you're persistent in that. That's what foolishness is. You understand what I'm saying with that? You're content in your character in getting something that is less than what is best. You get what you pay for, right? I heard that saying. My mom used to tell me that many times. You get what you pay for. Same thing goes in a spiritual sense. Foolishness is you get what you pay for. You want to shop for something less than the spiritual best in God, then you're going to get less. But if you want to be wise, the wise person does what? He shops for best and he gets what's wise. He gets what's best. He sees that and he says, that's the right thing. That's what I want. That's the good thing. That's a quality thing. I know cars a little bit. I'm not saying I know a lot about cars. But I do know cars that are better, better built than others. And they have a reputation for quality and workmanship. And, and, and cars that will last, and cars that will last longer. And people, but yet people, and I see that and I know that and I have an eye for that. But yet people will, I'll give you an example, people will, per, will persist in buying junky cars. And they know that those cars are junky but they'll still buy them. I'll give you an example. People love Range Rovers and Land Rovers, and they're a high-end quality, I mean, they're a high-end car, high-end, and, but those cars are pieces of junk. The quality and the workmanship on them are terrible. But people like them because it's a status symbol. You can buy some of their SUVs for over $300,000, and people will pay for it. And it's a status symbol. People will pay for it. But their quality and their workmanship is terrible. And they don't last. Again, you get what you pay for. You can pay, uh, you can pay top dollar and, get, and you can say you have a Range Rover. But if it's something that doesn't last, what good is it? If the quality's not there, right? Same thing that goes in, in the, the idea of foolishness. You get what you pay for. You want spiritual growth. You want spiritual 
you're going to be wise and you're going to seek the things that really have value, the things that really have matter, the things that matter. So all these things, it says all these things, evil, verse 23, proceed from within and defile the man. So all these things come from on the inside of the heart. So what Jesus is really saying here, folks, and we need to really understand is that what was he saying, as I said in the beginning? I said, listen to what he's saying. Understand what he's saying. Know that it's the things from within the heart. It's not the things from the outside that make a man unclean, that defile a man, um, that make something common. But it's the things from the heart. And then we went over those things which proceed out of the heart, things that we know of, that we're aware of, that we're uh, we understand to proceed out of the heart. So we know those things are there. It's not the outward, but it's the inward. Focus on the character of our hearts. Focus on our relationship with the Lord. Focus on those things which make character. Character does matter. Character, character is what makes up a person. And character is what will last and go on through all eternity. So check your heart. Ask God to help you with your heart. Ask God to help you to, to work through those things, not just to do the ritual things, because ritual things are easy and they're comfortable. But do the harder work of dealing with those issues and those struggles that are within our heart, because that's what God ultimately sees, and that's how ultimately will affect not only our relationship with God, but think about all those things in our relationship with others. It's not the rituals that affect other people, but it's the things that proceed out of our heart that affect other people. What about, what about, the, what about the kind things that we say to people because we dealt with our heart? What about the, the, the kind thoughts that we have towards people because we've dealt with our heart? What about the things that we've done and those things that come out that we deal that will help us in our relationship with others. Because the things in the heart not only help us in our relationship with God, but it helps us in our relationship with others. You understand what I'm saying? Because this is really important. This is what God wants us to understand and know and receive. Amen? So let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, um, uh, please help us to deal with our... Um, uh, please forgive us and show us mercy. Please, Father, uh, give us an understanding. Help us to listen and understand what you're saying. Help us to work through our heart and those things that are in our hearts, oh God. Help us just be the, the kind of people that show character, the character of you in our hearts and our lives to other people. Uh, to you and to other people, oh God, we pray. Please, Father, help us, we pray. We're weak, frail people. Uh, we need your grace and we need your mercy. And Father, if we know not you, help us to come to know you. Help us to love you today. Forgive us of our sins. Show us mercy. And we receive you into our lives, O Jesus, we pray. Thank you, Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, both now and forever. 
Amen. Jesus, I pray that you dismiss your people now with your peace and with your joy. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name.